0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host Steve Malkin. Today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as Queensland Raw Comedy winner. On air Sunday 29th May, SBS2. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Emily Vascotto. Hello. Hello, Emily. Welcome, please. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself?
1: Um, I would just say, hi, I'm Emily. Or, or M, you know, either or. Either's fine. Well,
0: we found some conflict already, <laughs> Emily or M, which is it? Well,
1: not Emmy. Can I just say not Emmy? I had someone message me the <laughs> other day on Facebook that I barely know that said, hey, Emmy, and I just sort of felt my skin crawl a little bit because I don't know them well enough for them to be calling me that. It just... It sounds a little personal, Emmy. Sure.
0: Does anyone call you Emmy?
1: My husband, I guess. That's probably it. Maybe that's why it feels personal.
0: That's a start, I guess. I mean, and that's allowed, surely. No,
1: he's allowed. That's fine. That's all fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are uh, a slashy, really, aren't you, in that um, you're uh, professionally... You're doing this slash this slash yes, this, aren't all you? All
1: the slashes, yes. Uh, <laughs> cabaret artist slash uh, writer slash producer slash actor slash now all of a sudden apparently stand up comic as well.
0: <laughs> what prompted the 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 get involvement with the uh, the raw comedy this year?
1: Um, I saw it online, and I told mm-hmm. myself that this was my year of yes. So I'm saying yes to everything. Um, so I signed up, and I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. All I knew that was that there were about nine heats in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I was wild in the first heat, and then I won the next two, which meant I got to go to Melbourne and perform at Town Hall, and it was all very surreal, and I, I uh, didn't actually know what I was getting myself in for. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that I did.
0: What What did you get yourself in for?
1: Um, well, I mean, it was broadcast for SBS too, and there were 1500 people in the audience and it's given me some really fantastic exposure, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know how big it was as a thing for stand-up comics. Um, so in Queensland, there were all the, the open mic night people from Brisbane and Gold Coast, you know, just really wanting that chance. Everyone sees raw comedy as like their ticket out of doing open mic nights open mic mm-hmm. nights yeah which i had no idea but um there you go
0: <laughs> have you done many any
1: i have not done any open mic nights so that was my first my first stand up was my first heat for all comedy so i've literally done stand up four times
0: that would have gone down a treat with all of the people that were there from <laughs> the open mic nights <laughs>
1: um yeah I'm sure some of them probably wanted to kick me out but no most of them were really supportive and a, a lot of a lot of the comics that were there they all seem to know each other and, and have this great friendship and um they're all really supportive of each other so it was a bit like who the hell is this Emily Viscotto like where did she come from um surprise musical theater nerd here to steal the glory
0: <laughs> <laughs> so where, where to now then with the comedy thing, do you you know bank on that or have you got other things going on?
1: Well, um, my set for Raw Comedy was actually five minutes of um, material that I'd thrown together from my cabaret show called Confessions mm-hmm. of a Stalker. So I'm actually going to be putting the show on. It's on in September, my cabaret show on again in Melbourne at the Butterfly Club. So it's going right. to be on as part of Fringe Festival from the 14th to the 19th. So um that's really exciting and hopefully everyone will come.
0: <laughs> Spectacular. Are you going to do some more comedy like the stand-up stuff or is that for enough?
1: I don't I don't know. I uh I haven't had many offers yet in the way of doing stand-up gigs. Um I don't know what I would do if they asked me to. I mean, I have 5 minutes of material as it stands right now, which is what I did for Raw. Um yeah, I uh, my background's musical theatre and cabaret, and um, I don't know what else I would uh, put together for a for a stand up night for a set. I mean, I'm sure I could, but I haven't had to think about it yet, so we'll see how we go.
0: How did you develop get interested in uh, in cabaret and musical theatre?
1: I mean, I've always sang my whole life. When I was five, I did a concert in front of about a thousand people with um, like ten other schools. And I got to be the little girl at the front doing the solo to start off the big chorus number. So I I knew my whole life I wanted to sing. And I did musicals at high school. Um, But I never really thought it could be a career until... I don't know, (laughs) until last year. I never really thought I should pursue it as a career. I I did two degrees and I I was a high school teacher for three and a half years, all the while still doing acting, still doing um, amateur musical theatre shows and um, acting things on the side. But, uh, yeah, I wrote a play last year called The Main Effect um, for Anywhere Festival in Brisbane and I also produced it. And I was a high school teacher working full-time at the same time And it just got a little bit overwhelming to produce a show and work full time at the same time. And and I sort of decided that I had to make a decision and yeah, I decided to do be full time writer, producer and actor. And I haven't looked back yet. So, I mean, I do miss teaching. I did love teaching, but um, yes, I'm really enjoying myself. (laughs)
0: So are you, the teaching is now done for you?
1: Um, I still do supply work on the side. Mm -hmm. It's good money. And, um, I still get to see kids and hang out with kids and I guess perform at school as a teacher in my own way. (laughs) You're entertaining the kids, so,
0: um,
1: can test out my material on them. No. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I do that on the side.
0: So what challenges you?
1: What challenges me? Mm. Kicking my own butt into gear, I suppose. Uh, Yeah. I've written two plays now, The Main Effect last year and The Train Tea Society, which I did with Flowers Theatre Company this year, which was another Anywhere Festival production. And writing the plays just in general is a long and like difficult process when, like when it comes to motivating myself. I, um, I'm i not the best at sitting down and, and giving myself, you know, a to-do list for the day and then smashing it out. I, I really need a kick in the butt. Um, <laughs> but it gets done. It happens eventually. But that's a challenge, yeah. um, pushing myself and not staying in my comfort zone is a challenge for me.
0: So is that how you... Came to find yourself on stage earlier this year, talking the comedy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I I wanted to step out of my comfort zone, and I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. And um, everyone I talked to was like, "Oh my gosh, you're absolutely insane! I would just die." You know, worst nightmare is standing up in front of a crowd for most people, and then to also try to be funny is just (laughs) the icing on the cake. But I didn't. I just tried not to think about it too much, and. Um yeah, well, it all went rather well, so.
0: <laughs> what are you passionate about?
1: I am, well, that's a tricky one. I'm passionate about theatre and music. I uh, co-produce um, productions with Flowers Theatre Company, as I said before, with Gabriella Flowers, and we both really are passionate about creating theatre that gets people talking, you know, and that's interesting and that pays homage to... Uh, the past and we've we've done two historical stories now and we really love mm-hmm. delving into history and I'm passionate about making people laugh <laughs> and, um, yeah, writing stories um, that are entertaining and funny. So, yeah.
0: What's the last theatre show you went to see?
1: The last theatre show I went to see was um, King Richard III at La Boite.
0: Mm-hmm. And your thoughts, review?
1: My thoughts slash review, hmm, I was really, (laughs) I don't know if this is bad to say, but my favourite thing, not bad to say, but, you know, my favourite thing about the whole show I think was the lighting. Not to say that the show was bad because I really liked the Mm. show, Um, but, you know, when you see a show and and your favourite thing is just something really obscure and the lighting and the set actually was what stood out most to me. I just am a sucker for some good lighting.
0: What made it memorable?
1: Well, they had this really awesome sort of marble square set um, Mm. that, you know, ended up being covered in lots of blood and lots of water and the cast were just sliding around in it and they had like a million little lights hanging from the top and um, it was just really well designed.
0: So it looked good and and that impression for you added to the performance, yeah. but that was the thing you took away.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Like it was, it was a very cool concept as well. It was about um, Shakespeare's King Richard the Third and mm. dissecting history and, you know, um, going over the very, um, what's it called? Um, history is written by the winner you know, the champion mm. and, and what that entails for um, what we know about history and Shakespeare's productions and whatnot. So it was very eye-opening and interesting in that way. Um, but, yeah, the lighting and the set really added to that as well, which I enjoy.
0: <laughs> have you always been a history buff?
1: I have. I think I have. I did ancient history and modern history in high school and then I majored in ancient history when I was at university. And, um <laughs> Yeah, I've just always been super fascinated (laughs) by um, history and stories. I guess because when you get that far back, they almost start to sound like fantastical sort of fictional tales. And I'm a big Mm -hmm. um, fictional novel reader, a book reader. I'm obsessed with reading.
0: (laughs) Is there a specific um, tale from history that intrigues you particularly?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I do like, oh, that's a tough one. I do like ancient Roman history, you know, the yeah. rise of Julius Caesar and and um, Pompey and all that. That's probably something I'm drawn to more so than any other era. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why. I guess because the culture is so different to ours today. It seems so um, crazed and manic and... Um, just really intense. I think that's why people like shows like Game of Thrones. It's, it's interesting to watch something that's so, to us, extreme mm. when it comes to, you know, how they treat each other as a society and who's in charge and um, the way that society's run and everything.
0: Who's in charge of Emily's society?
1: Ha-ha. <laughs> oh, I would like to say myself. Yeah. I think I could say myself. Um, I have a partner, my husband, Ben, who is Mm. just um, great (laughs) and a really good sport um, and was fully on board when I said I wanted to pursue acting full time. And it's good to have someone in your corner, I must say. It is really good because Mm you will have so many other people telling you, Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you get a real job as backup? And uh, maybe you should do this. And oh yeah, but you're never going to make it as an actor. And it's like no one. You know what's the chances? Like one percent, less than one percent. You know you have those negative people constantly trying to pull you down. So it's really necessary to have someone in your corner.
0: What's been a, a favorite role for you to perform or character to inhabit?
1: Hmm. Cool. One of my favorites, I have to say, is probably Arlington from the Battle of Brisbane, which was a um, really sweet, or not sweet, it was bawdy comedy, I suppose, but I, a show I did when I was at university with Underground Productions, um, directed by mm. Heather Fairbain, who's doing some really great stuff at the moment in Europe. But um, I got to play a British spy <laughs> and it was almost pantomime in its um, exaggerated sort of performance. And I love that sort of over-the-top comedy. Um, And she was so unlike me. She was vicious and um, uh, full of sexual innuendo and and Mm. just really over-the-top and very fun to play and and British as well. So I got to have an accent, which was awesome, and sing in an accent. Yeah, it was great.
0: What is your superpower?
1: My superpower? Hmm. That's a really tough one. I feel like I want to say making people laugh, but then I Mm -hmm. don't want to sound like I'm up myself, you know? But I know that I make people laugh. Yeah, making people laugh, I guess. I think that's my superpower. Or smile, making people smile. People often smile when I smile at them. And I like I like that.
0: Is that because you're staring at them in an unhinged kind of way and they have <laughs> no other response than to smile back?
1: Sometimes. Actually, I was talking to a friend the other day about how I have an automatic smile. It sort of pings onto my face and I, I cannot control it when I meet a new person um, or I turn to shake hands with someone. I absolutely cannot help it. It's like my defense mechanism. If I don't know someone, ping, by the end of the day, I'll have the sorest cheeks. If I'm smiling, I just um, can't help it. I try to make people feel comfortable.
0: What happens when you are stretched and you're outside your comfort zone um, and, and that isn't possible?
1: You mean when I'm pressed for time or I I don't have time to give people... um... Or they're
0: a shit. I mean, either way.
1: (laughs) Well, I always try to be professional. So if there's Mm. someone that I I don't appreciate their work or they're not putting in the effort that they should be putting in for me, um, I just always treat them very professionally and and tell them what's expected and... um, you know, we move on from there and I'm, I'm, I'm never rude to people. I would hope that no one has ever said, oh, Emily's a bit of a bitch or she's rude. Mm. Um, I think I have good relationships with most people. I've never ever sort of found someone and thought, oh, I, I really hate that person. I don't think I hate anyone. I think there are people that I don't respect because of the way that they treat others and um, Yeah, but I I think that I I treat everyone professionally and respectfully and I'm kind um, and I'm good at listening. I think especially in my sort of chosen career path, you meet a lot of other artists and a lot of other professionals who are constantly out there trying to network, trying to meet people and you do often get the people that do the sort of, Uh, running the eyes over the crowd while they're talking to you in an effort to find someone more important to Mm. talk to, you know what I mean? Like if I'm talking to someone, they have my full attention and I'm going to respect them, you know, for the time that we're having that conversation. Um, So I really value that in a person um, when they're they're listening and they're giving me their time and they're genuinely interested in what I have to say. I very much value that.
0: Active listening is such, I won't say it's a lost art, but a highly undervalued um, thing to offer someone, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's it's a rarity sometimes. I think at events, you know, like I uh, was like I was just talking about. Um, it's not always easy to find, but when you do, it's it's really nice.
0: Mm. Networking events are the worst because there are people that are there just to collect the card or to find that you know they've yeah, got their checklist of their people they want to see. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have to say um, I'm enjoying them more and more as I as I get older and, and I make my way slowly into the industry and more people start to recognize who I am. I don't feel that pressure to have to go up and introduce myself to certain people and um, make sure I'm making a good impression on others. Um, I'm just trying to relax a bit more and be myself and let my work do the talking for me and hope that people appreciate that and they're interested because of that. In me, so, yeah, it's, it's going well so far.
0: <laughs> that's good. Yeah. In a crisis or an argument, are you fight or flight?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a tricky one. I would like to say both, and here's why. Mm. If it was maybe someone who was angry with me or or wanted to confront me. I hate confrontation. I feel like I'd probably Mm -hmm. run away, but there have been times where my friends have been in that situation and I have become a bit of uh, gotten a bit ragey. Like if it's on someone else's behalf, I will totally fight and, and, you know, demand respect for that person. But if it's for me, I'll just run away. (laughs) I'm not interested in them. Um, Others respecting my person, apparently it's just other people.
0: So it comes down to how much skin you've got in the game?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And then it's inversely proportional? Correct. I guess that's where a good team comes to pass, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. No, I would have to agree with you there. I'm really lucky at the moment to have a wonderful artistic director and a permanent stage manager. And just with our last show, we found an um, amazing costume designer, Jamie Richards, and makeup artist as well. She's both, and she was just such a great find. And um, it's great to slowly feel like you're building a team and you have people there mm. that are um, passionate about what you're trying to create. So that's great.
0: The empire yeah. of Emily.
1: <laughs> well, that's for Flowers Theatre Company. I suppose when it comes to me, I, you know, I have my friends and I have um, other artists who are keen to support me. And um, with my cabaret show, I have my pianist, Ben Murray, who's just been absolutely fantastic and um, mm-hmm. willing to let me come over and rehearse uh, <laughs> all the time. And, um yeah. Been, it's been great to find those people that really believe in you and, and are willing to help you and, and see you do well.
0: Having that good team can be so important, uh, not only for the successes, but of course in those times when something's not working or it's not, yeah. you know, it hasn't maybe succeeded the way that you wanted to. Um, yeah, most you know, definitely. Everyone's everyone's cheerleader in that scenario, aren't they, in a good team environment?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's right. And and no one's waiting for you to fail so they can take over. You know, it's a it's a real group effort. So it's it's invaluable to me to have that support. <laughs> like I said, I um I am not the best at challenging myself, so when I I'm surrounded by people who believe in me and and say that I'm going to do well, then it's it's easier for me to um get my butt into gear and 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 put stuff on paper and rehearse and uh yeah.
0: what's the most exciting or dangerous thing you've ever done
1: i think it would have to be the main effect i feel like at this point in my Mm -hmm. life it would yeah so the play that i wrote last year and also produced um i'd never written a play before i what if everyone hated it what if the cast hated it at the first Mm -hmm. read-through you know we had to audition people And I just have this feeling, like, um, are these actors going to come in and go, who the hell are you to audition me? Like, what do you have to offer? And (laughs) um, it was very challenging. I mean, I had to write a whole show and audition Mm -hmm. people for it and have them read the script and rehearse it and find a venue. We ended up doing it in this beautiful heritage-listed house and the audience had to follow the action from room to room as the actors moved around. Um, But... Yeah, we did exceptionally well. I mean, we sold out about a month before the show opened. I think everyone's really right. interested in the story of Patrick Mayne and, and, you know, the butcher of Brisbane, that whole um, old tale. So um, luckily enough, that helped us to um, advertise the show. But that was the most terrifying, <laughs> amazing, exhilarating, awesome thing that I've done in my career mm-hmm. to date so far, I think. And to see that people enjoyed it, and that they really, really loved it, and they love the writing, and they love the actors, and um, how we put the show on, it was just incredible. I'm so glad that we did it.
0: It's wonderful that it was a success for you. That that's really great. Did you have a plan B in case it went tits up?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh- we didn't because it sold out so quickly. We didn't even have time to come up with a plan B. You know, you put the show Good. out um, and you wait a couple of weeks to see how it's selling. But we put it out and I think I think within two weeks we'd sold out and we had to add uh, three extra shows, one show mm-hmm. for each week that it was on, and then those shows sold out in 24 hours. So, What are the
0: logistics of having like your audience walk around in the house with the performers. I mean, that that has to limit your audience size to start with, doesn't it? It
1: did. I think we could only have 30 or 40 people a night. So we ended up putting on 12 shows because this the demand was yeah incredible. So um, we had them sitting. They were sitting in chairs and luckily we were in this beautiful long room, uh, sorry, long house, so that when the audience sat in one room, the room directly opposite from them um, and the sort of archway between the two created a sort of like its own proscenium arch in a way yeah. um, and they got to watch the action like that and then, you know, you'd have characters running up and down the hall and stomping down, talking to people near the front door so the audience got the sense that they were in the house and they could hear tidbits of conversation here and there but we didn't want them to hear everything. We wanted them to get that feel yeah. and, and then when they had to move we had like a big... Uh, chiming clock Um, so it was very clear when they had to and they'd move to the next room or sit around a dining room table. Um, We even had a court case on a stairwell (laughs) Um, and the audience for that bit had to sort of stand up and it was a shorter scene but um, they loved it. I was really worried that everyone would hate the moving around but everyone we talked to just absolutely... Loved it. So, you know, it's worth taking a risk when it pays off. That's
0: great. I mean, th- there's so many unique and inventive staging uh, requirements that's necessary in the theatre, isn't it? If you've got yeah. a fantastical story, then you're going to need to come up with some fantastical things. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. ha- having, Sorry, I was just going to say, having it in a house would bring you its own challenges but also allow for a lot of that colour that you just spoke mm-hmm. of, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like we were worried about things like lighting. It was because it was heritage listed. There was not much we could do at all. Um, but luckily the lights they had just themselves without us doing anything were perfect. Um, and, yeah, we, we hired a bunch of furniture from an antiques shop. Uh, so that was mm. great. And, you know, we, we had to, because it's a building that people actually work in, we had to cast, set and crew, sorry, cast and crew set up all, I think there were like five or six rooms every right. night and then pack them away at the end of the night. I'm talking like chaise lounges and um, giant antique desks, like full on set in five or six rooms, right. a bed um, in and out every night, bumping in and out. And um, the cast were just incredible with helping with that. We got it down to a fine art. by the third week. It was just like half an hour.
0: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah would have made Final Night Bump out a whole bunch easier.
1: Yes. Yes, it did. And, you know, just whack it on the truck and it was good to go. But, um, yeah, that was an added challenge. We had to stack it all in one room after every show and and cover it with a giant, giant sheet.
0: (laughs) Given the opportunity, Mm -hmm. what reality TV show would you love to star in?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a tough one because I actually... I, I I don't like reality TV very much, okay. I do love mm-hmm. The Bachelor i'm gonna, I will say The Bachelor is probably one of my favorite shows that I just it's a guilty pleasure It's so fun to watch um, I
0: don't love reality TV very much but <laughs> I love
1: the Bachelor. well I don't know I feel like I'm, I'm very I have strong opinions on certain reality TV shows like I have promised mm-hmm. myself that I will never watch. Gogglebox is it Gogglebox or Googlebox?
0: It is Gogglebox. I'm yes. like
1: I refuse to watch people watching TV. I feel like that is like the end of the universe right there. Like that is a sign of the apocalypse. I'm not watching that. That's just just crazy to me.
0: Emily Vescota, you are missing. No,
1: out. don't you tell me you watch that show. I can't do it. I can't. I watch a lot of TV,
0: but I have to tell you, Gogglebox is something that I really enjoy watching.
1: Oh gosh, I couldn't do it. Well, you know, I do like MasterChef though. Maybe I mm-hmm. am wrong in my whole sort of reality TV hate, not hate, dislike. Because I do enjoy. Well, you don't
0: have to love all of it, right? You can be involved in some of the shows. That's
1: true. I do like The Voice. There's probably a lot more shows that I like than this I
0: list don't. is growing by the second.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what show I'd, I'd want to star in though.
0: Kiss, Bang, Love. Sorry. You, you wouldn't star in Kiss Me, I did see a commercial for fire.
1: that. Not super interested in kissing a bunch of strangers. I mean, it sounds fun, but in reality, I mean, Coleslaw's hello.
0: At the very least, yeah. there are some serious concerns around that. Yes. That I'm sure haven't been accounted for on set.
1: Well, I think so. That's it's just silly. Yeah.
0: I acknowledge that you have a, you mentioned before your wonderful partner, Ben. Yes. If you were not uh in such a familiar way with him would you go on the bachelor um
1: maybe like i like if you mean if i if i wasn't if i was single yeah
0: yes me um, sorry i was trying to be
1: I was like do you mean if i wasn't super into him <laughs> 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 um yeah i totally go on the bachelor i was trying mm-hmm. to get my friend to sign up for the bachelor so I could live vicariously through her. At one point, um, she declined politely, but I tried very hard. Um, yeah, I think the batch was great. I that? mean, they get to live in a house and bake things and just hang out with each other all day, and then every now and then they get to go out on a date with a cute guy who may or may not, you know, make out with them. Yes, hello, sounds amazing.
0: It's a bit competitive, though. It's a little like I acknowledge your um, fairy rose-tinted glasses <laughs> perspective. on <laughs> But it's a little bit cutthroat because you're competing all for the the well.
1: Yeah, it TV is. I feel, like, I feel like I feel like I kind of love it. I feel like I'd be one of the mm. outsiders that was just like reveling in the absolute crazed drama. <laughs> like I don't think I'd engage, but I'd definitely get some popcorn and be like, "Oh yeah, so Ashley totally said that you looked fat in that dress. You should probably." Oh, so she said her. something
0: about the thing, and the <laughs> something with someone else said something else.
1: Yeah, I'd be into it. Staring up. trouble. That,
0: that would be crazy. That would be crazy to be like a Bachelor fan as a contestant, but just treating it like you're a Bachelor fan. Oh, yeah. So not really caring about the Bachelor, more caring about the controversy.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I feel like that's how I'd go. And then, of course, in the end, I would get the guy because that's just how it has to have work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Throwing all convention to the wind. <laughs> the woman who's paid the least attention to the guy yes, wins.
1: Exactly. That's how it works.
0: <sighs> what, yes. what are you going to achieve in the next 12 months?
1: I am going to do some paid theatre work. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is just something that I've decided now. Not sure what that will be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be putting my cabaret on. Mm-hmm. Um, Min talks with someone about, I can't say too much actually about it, but um, writing for something big-ish, mm-hmm. which may or may, not, may or may not be on um, television. Mm-hmm. And what else? I'm, I'm writing a novel. I'm going to finish that in the next 12 months, I've promised myself. Good. Um, Yes, writing another play as well. <laughs> I have so much time. I'm just writing all these things. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to make it work. Um, many, many ideas floating around my head and, and, and not enough time to execute them. But, um, yes, that's what I'm doing.
0: You have a big to-do list.
1: I do, but that's okay. Ambition's good. Hey, Emily. Yes.
0: Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you said are, are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, thanks for that. No worries. Anytime.
0: obviously you are someone who does tweet. Are there any other social accounts you want people to be aware of?
1: I'm on Facebook. If you Mm -hmm. look up Emily Viscotto, you will find my artist page. Um, And I have Instagram as well, just under my name, Emily Viscotto. Um, So if people want to come and follow me on there, I promise to uh, publish lots of entertaining photos and videos for their pleasure um, <laughs> and, and do my best to um, keep them updated with upcoming shows and events and uh, all that stuff. So, yes, I, I would love for people to come and, and join me on this crazy ride that is my, <laughs> my life at the moment.
0: This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Vascotto Emily is indeed human.